0: I am your very great reward. You can find everything that you need, want and desire in me. I have given it freely to you so that you may enjoy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, St. your Worship Team. Well, I'll tell you what, they are awesome. Amen. Hey, we appreciate them. And if you can sing or play, there may be an opportunity for you too. But you got to pass the test. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the a test, but
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I wanted to tell you about that song, Protector. If you uh, look it up on YouTube or sing it on the radio, the first verse we have completely rewritten. Everything we sang this morning—it's not what they're singing, and when you hear it, you'll know why. But uh, the rest of the song we sang as they wrote it. So <laughs>
0: we we take biblical artistic liberty. And when things don't line up with the word, you make sure that they do. Amen? Amen.
2: It, because it becomes a confession, so yeah. we don't want you to confess that and get it in your cells and your body and keep going through. But either way, uh, the words that were written um, are on our Facebook page with the song, so you can find it there and sing along. Amen? Amen. Once
0: again, glad you're here this morning, glad you're watching this morning. and We're going to make our confession. And uh, we'll get ready to change this confession for uh, next week, but uh, this will be our last time making this particular confession, so let's make our confession together. We We make our dwelling dwelling in in the secret place place of the Most High. high. We We remain stable stable and fixed under the shadow of
1: the Almighty.
3: We We say to the the Lord, He is our our refuge and our fortress. He is our God, on whom we lean, rely, and in him we
0: confidently trust.
2: He delivers us from the snare of the Father and
3: from deadly pestilence. He covers us with his pinions, and under his wings we trust and find refuge. His truth and faithfulness is our shield and buckler. We are not afraid of the terrors of night, nor of the evil plots and slanders of the wicked. We are not afraid
0: of the disease, destruction, or sudden death that stops in darkness. Trouble
1: will not come near
2: us. The Lord is our refuge, our dwelling place, and no evil will befall us. Nor any calamity come near our
1: home, our church, or wherever we are. God's angels accompany and defend
0: and preserve us in all our ways of obedience and service. We call upon God and He will answer us. He will be with us in trouble. He will deliver us, and He will honor us. We are satisfied with long life. As a victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our
1: walls with the message of salvation, hope,
3: and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers,
1: and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We have to take God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every
0: creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits.
2: Amen. I was just focusing on something. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope. And that's what a lot of places do. They have a message of salvation, a lot of churches, right? Yes. And hope, but they forget the biggest part after that is finished. Inheritance. Amen. And that's what we learn here. Amen. Right. So if anybody asks you, well, what's the difference between where you go to church and where I go to church? It could be you know about salvation, you have a hope, but do you know about your inheritance in Christ? Because that's ultimately what He did for us. When He died, and he rose again, and he left. He left us with an inheritance. So if you've come here for many, many years and you have not grasped that right there, you just got it. <laughs> the difference is you are, you have an inheritance, amen. And you've got to take it and activate it. But I just want to say before I walk off the stage, where this is. Thank you guys very much for uh, last week celebrating with us 18 years. It's last week, wasn't yeah. it? wow! Yeah. Seems like so long ago. Uh, <laughs> it's already been 19 years though. And <laughs> thank you for your gifts and your cards and your thoughts and all of your love. We really appreciate it. God bless you Amen.
0: Well, coming up this week. We have, we're gonna have Air Force Youth Group on Tuesday at 6.30, amen? So all the young people, you can participate with that. And uh, coming up at the end of October is a great event for guys who are 12 and up. Amen? It's called our Everyday Hero Men's Conference. That actually came out of a, a book that I wrote called An Everyday Hero. How to be an everyday hero for God. And uh, it just felt right to name that conference. So men, this is an opportunity for you to come and to receive from God and to have a special touch just for you. Amen? Amen. And uh, we're so grateful to be able to have this and it's going to be free this year. Can you say amen? Amen. And uh, it won't lack in any power or any benefit. But it'll be free to you. And uh, it's going to be a great time, guys. October 30th and 31st, Friday night, Saturday morning. uh, Come and also invite others to come with you. There's information for you to be able to do that. Uh, The Lord put it on my heart today to do something specific. And uh, if you have your own business, If you are a business owner, I want to pray for you this morning. And I actually want to lay hands on you. Amen? I believe that God wants to increase and bless and empower you to continue what you're doing. Amen? So if you're a business owner, I want you you to come up front here. Any business owner. Amen? Chris, you need to join your husband here. Uh-huh. Gabriel?
1: <laughs>
0: you guys, just, just stand up right, right here in the front here, facing me. Hallelujah. That's fine. Just like that. All right. How many are grateful for business owners? Mm-hmm. You know, God God is business owners. Amen? And uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is a blessing, Amen. 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 And I'm going to be talking more about that today. So, uh, my love, yeah, you're a business owner. By yourself, I'm
2: right here. <laughs> so, would you guys stand
0: with me for just a moment? I want you to stretch forth your hands, and Father, hey, we are just so grateful and thankful. Yeah. Lord, we lay oh, our hands you, on these business owners who had an idea, who do something, who provide something. Lord, and I call upon heaven in the name of Jesus. And I give you thanks and praise, Father, that you open up the windows of heaven and provision to these business owners. Lord, send customers to them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we come against every lack, Lord, every disappointment, and I thank you for their courage and their strength to step out and to do what you put in their hearts to do, Father, in the name of Jesus. We release a blessing on them right now, Father, a blessing to increase, a blessing to prosper, a blessing to multiply, a blessing to subdue, a blessing to dominate, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for your goodness and your grace. For these owners, Lord, stir up within them in the name of Jesus. Bring increase to them supernaturally. We give you thanks and praise. We call their businesses blessed beyond measure. Lord, you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask for things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. There's another category, I'm not going to have you come up, but I'm going to have you stand up. Maybe you don't have a business but would like to. Maybe you have an idea or something that you would like to do and you would like to have your own business. Is there anybody that would like to have their own business that doesn't have one already? Okay, amen? I like that. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that you are the source of creativity. And opportunity and Lord, I give you thanks and praise that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, you begin to design in them and the opportunity. Bring forth what's on the inside of them in the name of Jesus. Open up a door of opportunity for these who desire to have their own business in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks and praise that you bring it to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, owning things is how we subdue the earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, hallelujah. That hmm. was yeah. so good.
1: Yeah.
0: Amen. Um, and then uh, before I dismiss the kids, I, I always want to Give you like a nugget or something In regards to giving Amen, Amen. We do not Nor will we ever practice High pressure tactics Because giving is an opportunity mm-hmm. For every individual And uh, But the Lord put You know th- Yesterday and today He put something on my heart And help, help me get this out Lord a sacrificial gift multiplies and magnifies the blessing or the reward. Let me show you what I mean. Um, I want to read from 1 Kings chapter 3. And, you know, giving to God is good. And we give through our tithes, Right? And actually the tithe is the Lord's, it's not ours. Beyond the tithe, we give offerings. And God leaves that offering up to us unless he specifically says, give this amount. Right? He, he doesn't really tell you what to give an offering. He leaves that to us. Then we give alms. That means we help people who are in a rough spot. They can't help themselves. Right? Almsgiving is giving to the poor and helping the poor. The Bible says when you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. And then we give another thing called first fruits, yes. and first fruits is just really to make it simple, it's a celebration and representation of an increase you just received. Yes. Okay, yes. and uh, I want you to listen to First Kings chapter three of what Solomon did and the Lord's response. Okay, 1 Kings 3 three. Now Solomon loved the Lord And uh, I'm reading from the Amplified So it says uh, Solomon loved the Lord walking at first <laughs> He didn't finish so well But he started off good In the statutes Of David his father And he He sacrificed incense In the high places And so Uh Verse 4, the king went to Gibeon, near Jerusalem, where the tabernacle and the bronze altar stood, to sacrifice there. For that was a great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings. I'm going to say a thousand. Now, I was thinking, how long would it take an individual to offer a thousand burnt offerings? He must have been given that thing all day. I mean, a burnt offering. You had to take the animal. You had to kill the animal. You had to put the animal on the altar. A thousand times. That wasn't just five minutes. Okay? Everybody say a thousand. A thousand. A thousand. A thousand. The Bible said that Solomon did this, he didn't have someone else do it. Okay? And uh, then he was praying. I'm not going to read all the prayer, verses 6 to 9. But look at God's answer in response to his gift. Verse 10. Okay? Would you say that a thousand burnt offerings would, would that be a sacrifice? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Solomon was sweating giving that offering. Okay, listen to God's response. Verse 10. Now it pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked him to, What did Solomon ask? He said, Lord, give me wisdom that I might govern your people. Okay? So, in response to his gift and his prayer, verse 11, God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself a long life, nor for wealth, nor for the lives of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to recognize justice, behold, I have done as you have asked. That's awesome in itself. I've given you a wise and discerning heart so that no one before you was your equal nor shall anyone uh, equal to you arise after you but I have also given everybody say also when you sacrifice God adds in also I have also given you what you have not asked both wealth and honor so that there will not be anyone equal to you among the kings. Whoa. Can you say amen? Amen. amen? So, in your giving this morning, sometimes you might just have to ask God, was that enough? Amen. And if he says yes, okay. If he says no, then give some more. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we just give you thanks and praise for this opportunity that is before us to invest in your kingdom. Yes. We just give it, we, we take this opportunity, Father, we give of you, of, of our uh, love to you, Father, and of our substance to you, and we honor you. And, Lord, I thank you that you bless every each and every giver in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And another thing is that when you give to BTF, you're given to the gospel. Amen, and that is the greatest work. Amen. Okay, all right, kids, kids, we got some kids who love to live in faith every day. Amen. So, kids and teachers, we want you to go have a good class. be blessed, enjoy the presence of God. Hallelujah! Father, fill that classroom with glory in the name of Jesus. Amen, and amen. Well, this morning. It was a labor to find out what God wanted to say.
1: That sounds weird, I know.
0: Okay, let me put it to you this way. It just took me uh, a lot of dial tuning to get on the right frequency. How about that? And uh, then I finally got on the frequency, and this is what God wanted to tell you this morning. He wants to show you how to prosper through diligence. He wants to help every person prosper through diligence. You know, if we've ever experienced a time in our society, in our country, where we need to walk in prosperity, it was the time from March till now. I mean, all kinds of places were shut down let it off and uh, but see the world's system is designed to crumble
1: yeah.
0: it will not the world system will not be able to sustain anyone right. but there is a different system it's called a kingdom system yeah. amen yeah. and a kingdom system our kingdom system is operated by King Jesus. And he can send bread and meat through ravens. Mm -hmm. He can bring a water through a rock. He can cause a dead stick to blossom. He can cause a desert to become a greenhouse. God, the way God moves and the way God operates has nothing to do with what's going on in the world. He can sustain people in famine. He did, didn't he? For seven years. Mm -hmm. He sustained his people. Why? He put someone in who had a kingdom mindset in a country, and he put them in charge of all the finances. His name was Joseph. Mm -hmm. So, years ago, I was reading the book of Proverbs. Not that I haven't read it
1: since.
0: (laughs) But as I read the book of Proverbs, God showed me eight things that will cause someone to prosper just through the book of Proverbs. That's just one book out of 66. Alright? And these are the eight things that God showed me how someone will prosper just from Proverbs. Number one, if we keep God's commands... He promises to prosper us. Number two, if we are a giver, He promises to prosper us. Number three, if we have wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, I call them the power three. he, He promises to prosper us. Number four, if we walk in righteousness, He promises to prosper us. Number five, if we seek God first above all else, he promises to prosper us. And number six, if we be diligent. So this is where this is coming from. Number seven, our words and our speech have a great deal effect on our prosperity. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. You're either resurrecting your finances or you're killing them. And then uh, number eight, the fear of the Lord. When we walk in the fear of the Lord... God promises to prosper us. So let's talk about this one thing this morning. See, I'd love to talk about all that, then we'd have to do a seminar. (laughs) That'd be a week long conference, and we still wouldn't touch everything of it. So let's just talk about one. I want you to go with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, and the last two verses of this chapter, verses 23 and 24. And uh, we're going to learn how to prosper through diligence. Diligence is a Bible word. Notice what it says, verse 23, Colossians 3. Whatsoever you do. I want you to notice that diligence is something that affects every area of your life. Notice, whatsoever you do, if you're resting... If you're washing the dishes, if you're driving, if you're helping out a friend, if you're doing your business, if you're in church, worshipping, so you does that cover everything that we do?
2: Yeah.
0: Do it heartily. I want you to focus on the word heartily. As to the Lord, not unto men. Everything that we do, it should not be for men, it should be for God. Alright? Verse 24, Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Where does promotion come from? It comes from God. Alright? Verse 25, But he that does wrong shall receive for the wrong which he has done, and there is no respect of persons. Okay? Okay? So, and let me say this, there were individuals in the Bible from Abel to Jesus who prospered. Mm -hmm. I could give you a list. Joshua. I mean, he conquered 33 kings. You can't be broke if you beat 33 kings. Or 30 kings, whatever it was. Right? I mean, he distributed that inheritance. To twelve uh, tribes of people Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Ruth, Esther, Solomon, David, Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, Josiah, Mary. Oh, uh, remember when the wise men brought gold to Jesus? A rich man from Australia did a study. He commissioned people to do a study of how much gold baby Jesus got. You know how much gold baby Jesus got in today's terms? 400 million. <laughs> if those wise men didn't travel for two years with rule the box.
1: <laughs>
0: they traveled with some chests. <laughs> I mean, when a king traveled to another king, they had a caravan, right? The semi-trucks, the camels of the desert. They're the semi truck tractors of the desert. I mean, they were loaded. Look at the gift that Eliezer gave Rebekah. Ten camels. Everybody say ten. Ten. camels loaded with stuff for Rebekah for being Isaac's wife. Yeah, I'll be your wife. <laughs> so you're going to hear a lot of Proverbs, but Proverbs are good, amen? amen. 31 Proverbs, you can read one every day.
1: Yes.
0: Every month. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. Hallelujah. I'm very excited about this. You know, let me just explain something to you about how I prepare. I, I go over stuff, and if it doesn't register in here, I'm like, ah, ah, uh, uh, oh yeah. When I got to this, it was like, boom, 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 boom. It was registering. registered. Okay, God, yeah. How many know God will register what He wants? Amen. And. How he leads me is going to be different how he leads you, because we're unique.
2: Right? He doesn't
0: lead people the same way. God is a creator. Don't put God in a box. Don't try to make people hear God how you hear God. Amen? Amen. Just as long as you hear him. Right? Right. Just as long as you understand the message. Okay, Proverbs 10, verses 4 through 6. Those poor that deals with a slack hand. That's not being diligent. But the hand of the diligent makes what? Rich. Ever say rich. rich. Say rich is a Bible word. Both in both testaments. Yeah. Yeah. Old Testament uses rich, New Testament uses rich. Rich is a Bible word. Abraham was rich. He was very rich. Yeah. Bible didn't say he was filthy rich. He said he was very rich. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Okay, verse 5. He that gathers in summer is a wise son. He that sleeps in harvest is a son that causes shame. What happens when you sleep in harvest? You miss the harvest. That's, you know... You're going to find diligence is true both naturally and spiritually. Verse 6 Blessings are upon the head of the just, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Say, My hands are not slack, but they're strong to do what I need to do.
1: Say, My hands
0: help me prosper. Amen. Amen. We're going to get to that. What does it mean to be diligent? I'm glad that you asked that question. It means to be hardworking, it means to be industrious. It's not just based on your physical ability to do the work, it's also an attitude. It means to be meticulous. Well, I'm just sloppy. Can you imagine if God was sloppy? You know, God didn't make the sun and the moon crooked. You know, they're barely hanging on. The stars are like hanging by a thread. I mean, when you look at creation, God's not sloppy. There's a meticulousness to creation. Look at the human body, my goodness. So when you're diligent, you're meticulous mean, you just make sure that everything's is done to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. You're conscientious. That means you have integrity about your work. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Bible says a lot about that, doesn't it? It means you're thorough. Yeah. It means you show persistent effort in doing something. Mm-hmm. You're diligent. Modern day translation, diligent is elbow grease. Growing up, I didn't even know I had grease on my elbows. Put your elbow grease What elbow grease? Just kidding.
3: It means
0: that you're you you're attentive to your work. You're honest. Diligence helps you become wealthy. It is a quality in the Bible that works to prosper you. Amen? It is a tool in your prosperity workbench. Right? I know you, you mechanics, you guys have these nice toolboxes. You've got every kind of tool imaginable in there. Why? Because you never know what you're going to come across. Am I right? You've got to have a tool that you need when you come across something you don't know how to do. I've got a tool. Say, I've got, got a tool for that. Did you know that God gave you a tool for prosperity? This is just one tool. Diligence. It's just one quality that adds its one ingredient. Okay? You know, God wants us to be diligent listeners. Exodus 15, if you hearken diligently unto the voice, Did you know that God wants parents to teach children diligently? He wants us to be diligent keepers of His Word. Okay? And you know, God's not opposed to work. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. The question is, God's not opposed to work, but what you're working for? That is the question. Ephesians 4, 28 gives us the answer. Okay? Now, in verse 27... He says, give no place to the devil. And in verse 28, it says, let him that stole steal no more. Who's behind stealing? The devil. He's the ultimate thief, right? Let him that stole steal no more. But let him labor. Working with his hands. This is why we work. The thing which is good that we may have what? So many people are working for a living, but God's people need to be working for a giving. Work is an avenue by which God brings something to you like wealth or prosperity. Amen? You give your employer time, he gives you a paycheck. Or if you're your own employer, you give yourself time, right? You take care of your customers. And they pay you, amen. There's a beautiful exchange. So a person can find something useful to do instead of stealing.
1: Right.
0: Have you ever heard of the term free loader? Yes. Or a more negative term, leech. Huh? They stick to you and they just try to suck as much as they can off you. Work for a giving and trust God for your living. Because the world may be able to shut down, but God's kingdom never shuts down. God's kingdom, God's kingdom never stops working. God's kingdom is open more than Walmart. Will they
1: close door
0: God's kingdom never has a vacation. Do you realize God's never out of the office? We can access God anytime, any place, anywhere. Every believer is an employee in the kingdom of heaven. And you can communicate with him, you have the most excellent boss ever. I work for a rich Jew. His retirement plan is out of this world. His medical plan is, by his stripes, you are healed. Amen. Yeah. And he treats me so good like his own son. Yeah. Say I'm the boss's son. Amen. Son. Sonship is a position. It includes daughters, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. We're all sons of God. Sons of Abraham by faith. Amen, so we're sons of God. Alright? What did Jesus say? If someone asks you to go a mile, what did Jesus say? Go to. go to. He said if someone asks for your shirt, give them your coat too. Right? Why does he expect more of Christians? Because we got more power. Yeah, we got more Amen? Yeah. We got more love. We got more tenacity. But we got some Christians that are like bulldogs. We got some tenacious Christians. Are you a tenacious Christian? You just hang on to the promises of God and you don't let go. Jesus said if someone asks you to go a mile, you go too. As a Christian, we ought to be the best workers of wherever we are. Amen? We got the goods. We have the anointing. We have the name of Jesus. We have. Amen? The devil is impatient, but you're patient. You're only one. Patience beats impatience. Amen? Alright, let's go to Proverbs 12. Proverbs 12. How to prosper through diligence. Are you excited? Did you know that it's God's will to prosper you? I mean, if you don't know that God wants you to prosper, it's going to be hard to prosper now let me say this prosperity is not just money People in the world can make money there's all kinds of people whose lives are messed up to the end degree they can make money right so it's more than just money that's just a part of it it, it, it it's definitely includes it but you know sinners can make money why they're meeting a need. They're, they're giving what people want. People are paying for it. Amen? It's pretty simple actually. Economics is pretty simple. You've got something that people want to buy and they buy it. You can make money on it. Amen? Proverbs 12, verses 11 to 14. He that tills his land shall be satisfied with bread. How many of you it takes some effort to till the land? Before machines, they had oxen, right? And they had to plow with, with animals. And some people today still do that, right? But you've got to till your land. Let me say, I've got to till my land. To my land. Do you know that even when God created Adam, he had to take care of the garden? Adam was given work to do. Adam and Eve just didn't sit there sipping pina coladas, virgin pina coladas by the way, they did sit there under our palm tree saying, oh I'm just enjoying this garden. They thought we had this, but they took care of the garden. Yeah. Until they did. not <laughs> You finally don't take care of something, something happens to it, it? amen.
3: Yeah. Adam stopped taking the care of the garden and he let the devil
0: take care of his garden. No, look at how that turned out. Don't let the devil take care of your garden. You take care of your garden. He that tills the land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that follows vain persons is void of understanding. Vain is empty. Right? The Amplified says he who follows worthless pursuits. You have trivia pursuits, then you have worthless pursuits. Verse twelve: The wicked desires the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. Everybody say, "I'm a fruit yielder." I'm a
1: fruit
0: you were designed for fruitfulness—spiritual yes. fruit, natural fruit, character fruit, Christian fruit. Amen. Amen. Just don't get your fruit mixed up, or otherwise you get into a jam. Just kidding
1: the wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips but the just shall come out of trouble
0: you were designed to come out of trouble amen now I just want to give God glory we've been open since the end of May and uh, God has protected us amen and he will continue to do so because our trust is in him Verse 14, a man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. Your hands have a lot to do with being diligent. Alright? So, what does it mean to work your land? Working your land means seizing the opportunities that are available to you. That's when you work your land. Amen? It means taking care of it so that it multiplies. God is a multiplier. He's been multiplying people from Genesis to Revelation. God's church is still multiplying. Amen? He's still building His church. He's still working His church. Alright? A person who is not diligent, they follow worthless, vain, or empty pursuits. They're, you might call them idle how many's ever heard a car idle? does a car go anywhere when it's idle? No. No. it just makes a lot of noise but it's not going anywhere it's not making any progress make, a lot of Christians are idle they're making a lot of noise but they're not going anywhere they're not making any progress mm. you've got to get it in gear you've got to go from idling to drive or idling to reverse amen? Did you know that the car? You have to shift the car in the gear. The car doesn't shift itself in the gear. If it does, you're in trouble. <laughs> I remember one time in my younger days, I was visiting my cousin in Missouri, and we wanted we we had this there was this old car that we were driving, and we wanted to test. How do you know you do some stupid things when you're young? We wanted to test what would happen if we're going about 30, and just shift it into reverse. This was an automatic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, when you do that, that car bucks. (laughs) It shakes. We didn't drop any pieces of metal, but it felt like we were gone. We're like, okay, we won't do that again.
1: (laughs) But yeah, we did
0: that. So a vain person is an idler. They're void of understanding. All right. James tells us not to be an idle believer. Faith without works is what? Yeah. Dead. dead. Faith without corresponding action. If you say you have faith and there's no action, you got dead faith. You need you need your faith resuscitated. Oh, I got faith, but I'm not doing nothing. No, you don't. Well, you have faith, but it's dead. You know you know dead, dead people don't talk. They don't even move. My mother was a beautician, and oftentimes she went to the funeral home and she would do the hair of the person who died. She never got a complaint. True. So we need to do the work that God called us to do. We need to work our land. Amen. Did you know that Jesus was a worker? He came to do the Father's work and he said, I've come to finish the work of him who sent me. He worked to save the world. He worked his land. Right? He's still reaping the harvest today. Jesus completed the work that the Father gave him. How did Jesus work? He worked his hands. He laid hands on the sick people. He blessed people with His hands. He touched people with His hands. He touched leprosy and leprosy left. He touched a fever and a fever left. He was working with His hands. Amen? His hands lifted up. His hands helped. His hands healed. And His hands blessed. Jesus worked His body. He was bruised. For our iniquity, he was beaten. He was whipped. He was crucified. He worked his body. Jesus worked his hands. Jesus worked his body. Wherever he walked, he took over. If he came to someone's house for dinner, he changed the atmosphere. Yeah. Yep. Jesus. It's Jesus worked to build his church. He said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell can't prevail against Amen. it. Amen. Jesus is working from home.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> his work is still being done. He's he building his church. His church is still operating. His church is still functioning. His church is still proclaiming the gospel. Yeah. I'm not talking about every church, I'm talking about his church. There's a difference. There are churches that are just religious institutions. You know, the Pharisees would have called themselves a church, because they didn't have a church that day, they, they had synagogues. But they weren't doing the work of the Father. They weren't doing the work of the, they were doing the work of man. Alright? Jesus works in God's hand you know what he's doing right now? He is sitting at God's right hand. And he is praying. He is interceding for us. He is cheering us on. He's saying, you can make it. Amen? One time, one of my good friends in Illinois, he was single at the time. And he was going through a rough time. Hard time. And uh, we were praying one night. And he started laughing. I said, what's going on? He said, I saw Jesus with his robe and sandals and pom-poms just cheering me on. Amen? He said, I saw Jesus on the sidelines with pom-poms saying, you can go, you can make it. That ministered to him. Amen? Jesus is working, sitting at the right hand of God. He's praying. He's interceding. Amen? He's cheering us on. And when we do good, something good for, he might even give us a standing ovation from time to time. He did Stephen. He gave Stephen a step. Stephen looked and saw Jesus standing. I mean, what Stephen did was awesome. Jesus was like, you go, boy. That's my boy. And Jesus finished his work. Remember what he said on the cross? It is finished. And an open door to get saved and to connect to, with the Father and to be having our names written in the Lamb of God. Nothing else needs to be done.
2: Right,
0: amen. Why? His work is finished. Yeah. Too many times we want Jesus to work the work that's already done. Yeah. But Jesus said, "No, you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Right, right. Work it out." Say, I'm say I'm working it out You have got to put your hand To something Deuteronomy 15.10 Deuteronomy 28.8 8, God says he will prosper what you put your hand to yeah. Yeah. Say I have prosperity, I have prosperity in, these in these hands What happens when a believer Touches a sick person What does the Bible say They shall, they shall recover Why? You've got supernatural power in your hands. We've got to put our hand to something. If you want to, in order to increase in life, you've got to put your hand to something. Faith is an action word. If you want to increase physically, you've got to put your hand to some weights. If Rocky, I'm just using Rocky because I saw Rocky yesterday. Not not physically, I saw him on TV. You know, if he wants to be the champion, he's got to put his hand to something. He's got to train. He's got to... And when he puts his hand to whatever he puts his hand to. Amen? What are you setting your hand to? To increase spiritually, you've got to put your hands to the Word. You've got to let your fingers do the walking. Right? Right? You've got to read, you've got to study, you've got to pray, you've got to worship. Are you a diligent Christian? Are you a diligent worshiper? Or do you just come in and say, Oh, I'm just glad I made it. The music's playing, you're like, "Uh." Does that look like I'm diligent? Diligent means you're an active participant. You're giving God, listen, whenever you give God something, whether it's your time, treasure, or talent, he ought to get the best. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. When you put your hand to something, you will prosper. Harvest requires diligence. Did you know that when you sow, when you give, into a ministry like this, do you know that you've got to look for the harvest? How many has ever planted a garden or a field? Does that field tell you, say, Hey! I'm ready to be picked! Come outside and pick me! It may show it, but it doesn't say it. Right? You've got to pay attention You've got to go check out those tomatoes. Oh, you check the tomatoes. Oh, there's some red ones. I'm going to pick the red ones. Why? Because C- you see it. You're keeping an eye on it. You've got to know it. That's diligence. Amen? The farmer doesn't say to his wife, don't worry, honey, the corn will let me know when it's time to be picked. I'll just wait. You know, he's going to miss the corn. Don't miss your harvest either. Part of diligence is your alertness Mm -hmm. and your readiness to gather. Did you know that there, it's a time. Pastor Sam told this story. He's our regional director, Pastor Sam Smucker. He pastored the worship center for 40 years. And uh, now he's just uh, ministering in a different capacity. And uh, he said, one day, one time, there was a time on the, his family's farm that due to weather and different things, they had only like two days or whatever to get the harvest in or they were going to lose it all. So his, now he grew up Amish. So his dad used a tractor to gather in his crops. Otherwise, they were, He had to repent in church for using a tractor. But if they didn't get it in quickly, they would have lost it. God wants us to put our hands to something. Look look at verse 24, chapter 12 of Proverbs. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Would you rather be a, a ruler or a contributor? You know, if you're a contributor, you're a contributor. You've been counted a tributes. <laughs> no, just kidding. Alright? Did you know that diligent hands rule? Did you know that Joseph was diligent? Now, get this. Joseph, in Genesis 39, he was He had 11 brothers. And Joseph was Jacob's favorite. (laughs) Jacob gave him this coat of many colors. And Joseph wore this coat. Right? That just represented the favor of God. The anointing of God. God's given you a coat too. Called the Holy Ghost. Called Christ. Put on Christ. Amen? Put on the garment of praise. God's given you a whole wardrobe. Right? Right? So, Joseph, he was, and his brothers didn't like that. They hated him, actually. Now, I know that no one's ever grown up in a family where your siblings hate you. But, uh, so what did they do? They conspired against Joseph, and they got together with some merchants, and they sold him as a piece of property. And he became a slave. Okay? Now, don't think of yourself as a slave. Joseph was a slave, but he didn't have a slave mentality. He didn't have a slave mindset. Okay? Well, go to Genesis 39. We've got to see this. Genesis 39. You've got to see this. What do diligent hands do? They rule. So if you exercise diligence long enough, then you become a ruler. Amen? Alright? So, verse 1. Joseph was brought down to Egypt. Did you know Joseph ended up in a place that he didn't choose to go? It's not like Joseph said, I'm going to go vacation in Egypt. No, he had no choice in the matter. He had no say in the matter. He ended up into a place that he probably didn't want to be. He certainly didn't want to get there how he got there. Listen, it doesn't matter how you got to where you are, what are you doing with what you have where you are? How are you taking care of your business where you are? If if you want to get out from where you are, then be diligent. Amen? So, they brought him to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him out of the hands of the Ishmaelites, descendants of Abraham. Hmm. Joseph was a relative of Abraham. This is his relatives, Ishmaelites. They were his half-brothers. Was the son of Abraham. Jacob was a grandson of Abraham. They both had the same lineage. And the Lord was with Joseph. Everybody say the Lord was with Joseph. Now, what kind of people does the Lord hang out with? We know from Numbers 13 to 14, he doesn't hang out with complainers. Right? He doesn't hang out with whiners. No, he doesn't. He doesn't hang out with liars. He doesn't hang out with deceivers. He doesn't hang out with the proud. Right? I mean, Satan was proud. What happened? He got kicked out of heaven. God separated himself. Boink. <laughs> right? All right? So, Joseph must have displayed godly character for God to be with him. God hangs out with the righteous. He hangs out with those who love him. Amen? It's just just truth. Okay? And he was a what man? Say it. He was a what man? Discentful. Prosperous man, right? Or wealthy man. Whatever version you have. How could a slave who was just sold as property be prosperous? Where does prosperity come from? It comes from God. It was his relationship with God. He wasn't saying he was prosperous. He was
1: prosperous. I think he just showed up as a slave. And the Bible said he was prosperous. I
0: didn't say it, God said it. He was a prosperous man. Successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Okay? Verse 3. His master saw that the Lord was with him. There must be evidence when God is with someone that can be seen by others. Potiphar is not a believer. Potiphar is a heathen. He probably worships the sun god. He probably worships other gods. My boss is a heathen. That's why they're there. You you didn't get that. If you work for a heathen heathen boss, God put you there to be a light. Come on. Stop complaining about your boss and start living for the Lord. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all that he did to prosper where? In his hand. Everybody say in his hand. hand. That tells me Joseph was diligent. That tells me that he had an attitude of conscientious labor. He was a hard worker. He was meticulous. Everything he did prospered. He took care of things. He built a trust. And, And Potiphar saw it. He prospered in his hand. That's where diligence is manifested. In our hands. Amen? Verse 4. And Joseph found grace in his sight. In whose sight? Potiphar's sight. Where did the grace come from? It came from God. God was prompting Fred Potiphar to say, Hey, did you see that boy? Look at that. Look, 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 look. Potiphar's like, Oh, yeah! Man, my cows are little the My fields have never produced so much grain. See, when you partner with God, you can prosper any place, any time, anywhere, even as a slave. Did you know that Joseph did not fill out an employment application? He was a slave. Everybody say, a slave. But he didn't have a slave mentality. He had a diligent attitude. Okay, verse 5... "...it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed who? The Egyptian's house, for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field." Oh my goodness, God put a diligent person next to a heathen and the heathen prospered because of the diligence of Joseph and the blessing that was on Joseph. He prospered in the house. Man, Joseph sang Potiphar in buying food. He took care of all the employees of the house. There was more employees than just Joseph. Joseph was the overseer. He was the manager. He was the steward. How did he get that way? Diligent hands rule. God, he partnered with God. He, did, he, he worked as unto God, not unto Potiphar. Not unto Egypt. He he wasn't concerned about honoring the He was concerned about honoring God and how he worked and what he did and what he said and how he lived. He was being diligent. And God blessed the Egyptian. Amen. God will bless your employer because of you. And because of how you cooperate with God. And he put him in charge of everything. Verse 6. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. He knew not all he had, save the bread which he did eat, and Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Can you say amen? amen? Good workers who produce good results... Increase their boss's confidence. Said, I mean, Palmer didn't know what his bank account statement was. He didn't know how much gold he had in his safe or how much soup. He, he only concerned about what he was eating. That was it. He put a slave, whom he bought,
1: in charge of everything. Why? Because
0: he was diligent. And it showed. Can you praise God? And the same thing happened when Joseph was put to prison on a false accusation. He didn't think of himself as a prisoner. Come on. Listen. It doesn't matter where you are You've got to think of yourself as a child of God As a king and a priest of God As someone who represents God's kingdom It doesn't matter where you are Or what you're doing You've got to think yourself of that You've got to know that you're a child of God When you're washing those dishes You've got to know, I'm God's child How would I make these dishes look If Jesus ate off these dishes That's what you do Amen This is diligence This is diligence and this helps us what? It helps us prosper. Amen? Let's go back to Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs 13. Is this helping you today? Listen, I want to liberate you to prosper. I don't think it's a coincidence that God had me. He, he told me last week that I needed to pray for the business owners. I just forgot to do it last week. But He gave me this week. Amen? That's called God's grace. Uh All (laughs) right? I I didn't know what I was going to be preaching today until like 7 o'clock last night. I was going through things and reading things and stuff. Then I hit it and it went. I was like, okay. God's a good coordinator. Amen? Look, when I preach, I'm just going to be real with you. I'm going to share when I make it, and I'm going to share when I miss it. Amen? Amen. Alright, Proverbs 13, verse 4. Hallelujah. The soul of the sluggard desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Now that word fat doesn't mean you've got extra weight. It means that word fat means anointed. It means you're so bulky that you break yokes that have bound you. That's what it means. Amen? Yeah. Woo. So, the appetite of the sluggard craves, but the appetite of the diligent, this is the amplifier, is abundantly supplied. How many of want to be abundantly supplied? Amen.
1: Yeah.
0: When God does something, He does it abundantly. Yes. When He fed a thousand people, 5,000 men. So if there was 5,000 men, how many women and children were there? You're talking at least fifteen to 20,000 people. Do you guys have enough in your house to feed fifteen to 20,000 people if they show up today for lunch? Huh? But, you can take what you have, put it in the hands of the multiplier, and he can multiply it. I, I got me some beans. Well, you just keep giving those beans. Amen? How, how did Jesus feed the five thousand men? He didn't say, okay now, just take a little. Just take a bite. Because you have got to save some for someone else. He didn't do that, did he? He said, here boys, Keep feeding them. Take as much as you want. Take and the Bible said that they all ate till they were what? Full. If you're gonna invite me over for dinner, I'm gonna eat till I'm full. Amen? I'm gonna get my share. Right? Shady Maple, here I come. Right? How many's ever been to Shady Maple? Hundred foot long buffet in either direction. Oh, that is from heaven. God always has abundance on His mind. Look at verse seven, same chapter, verse seven. There is that. There is that makes Himself rich, yet has nothing. There is that that makes Himself poor, yet has great riches. Did you know that when you give to God, God gives to you? That is God's financial plan for every believer. You give to God, and God will give to you. Amen? That's His financial plan. And diligent people are good givers. Alright? Everyone can be successful in life, you just got to apply yourself to fulfill your dreams. I mean, God told Joshua the key to being prosperous and successful. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do. Then, when you're speaking God's word, when you're looking at God's word, and when you're seeing God's word, and you're doing it, then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Everybody says prosperous and good success. God wants you to have good success. Amen? All you business owners, God wants you to have good success. Amen. All you potential business owners. God wants you to have good success. God expects you to win. He expects you to take over. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's go to... Um okay. Let me give you a few examples in the Bible of people that were diligent. Alright? Go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'm glad that God brought me to Palmyra and put me in a church with a bunch of diligent believers. Amen? Amen? 1 Samuel 16 verses 11 to 19. This is talking about David. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all your children? And he said, There remains yet the youngest. And behold, he what? He keeps the sheep. Now, the prophet Samuel was coming to Jesse's house. Right? When the prophet comes to your house, you're going to have a party. You're at least going to have a good dinner. Right?
1: And David invite David.
0: Where's David? He's doing what he did. He's keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse... Send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. David doesn't even know that is there. He's just keeping the sheep. He's taking care of his father's sheep. That was his assigned duty, and he's doing it flawlessly. Those sheep of David. I mean, David was a good keeper of sheep. He fought a lion and a bear over sheep. You know you keep sheep if you kill a lion and a bear. He ran after? Who runs after Elijah? And kills him with their bare hands. Now, that's a diligent person. Let me tell you, you ain't messing with my sheep. Anybody that tries to mess with your sheep, you go after them. Right? Your sheep is, is, your, is your stuff, it's what you're working. You tell the devil, you don't mess with my work. You, you can't even steal, you kill you. I am not going to give you place. David did not give the devil place.
1: Alright?
0: So, uh, who who was the one who got anointed? It was the keeper of the sheep. And do you know when his father, his three older brothers, now they're off to war because they were soldiers who were fearful. Uh, that's another story though. Um, Jesse said, "David, I want you to go." And take bread and cheese to your brothers and tell me what's happening with the battle. But do you know that when David took the bread and cheese, he made sure that someone else was taking care of the sheep. He made sure that his sheep were taken care of so that there was no loss. If you read the story of Jacob and Laban, there several times Jacob testified that under his care, Laban never lost the sheep. If if, if an animal came and got a sheep and it was lost to Laban, Jacob replaced it at his own expense. He never let Laban suffer one loss. And he worked for Laban for 20 years. He worked for a man who kept lying to him and changing his wages and going up and down and all across the scale. And he couldn't get an honest answer from Laban. And when he finally... Him, he finally agreed. and said, "How about all these kind of sheep?" Laban took no sheep. He gave them to his sons. Put a three-day journey in between Jacob. And Jacob, God gave him a dream. If you read the story, I don't have time to go into. It. God gave Jacob a dream, and he saw all the spotted and speckled sheep coming at the water trough and making more spotted and speckled sheep. So, you know when he, he took the sticks and he, he tore the bark and he made it look like a barber's pole. You know, a barber, the, the red, blue, and green ribbon, whole life thing. Right? He put that in front of the sheep. That was God's idea. That was God's way of prospering him. He, Jacob didn't come up with that idea because he explained later how he had a dream and God told him that's exactly what he needed to do. Did you know that God will give you a creative idea to prosper where you are? Jacob he became wealthier than his uncle Laban. Laban's sons testified. Jacob took all of my father's wealth. They testified. How did he do it? He stripped sticks. He stripped sticks. How did you become wealthy, Jacob? Are you this brilliant business? No, I stripped sticks. And I put him in front of sheep. And when I did, the sheep had spotted the speckled kids. And if Jacob was smart, he didn't put with the weak ones. Right. He only put with the strong ones. That means Jacob's flocks were stronger than Laban's.
1: <laughs> Laban's were weak
0: and sickly and
1: Jacob's was healthy.
0: Laban was like, how did that happen? God did it. It was his diligence. Anybody that's going to agree to work for a girl's father so that he can marry her for seven years... You know, that's a diligent person. You know, Jacob became diligent after he met God. Before he met God, he tried to take shortcuts in life. He tried to shortchange people through trickery and deception and deceit. He was known as a supplanter. You're not going to get ahead tricking people. You don't have an anointing of tricking. tricking. Alright? That's not from God. Okay? But, Jacob in Genesis 28... He was by himself. He was on his way. He left his home because his brother wanted to kill him. Because he, he tricked his brother out of the... blessing. Actually, his mother did. Right? Oh, Jacob, you just... your shouldn't be on me. Don't let anybody lead you into trickery.
3: Alright?
0: Now, granted, God would have got the blessing to him, but God doesn't use trickery. Alright? He took the trickery and made something good out of it. So, uh, so Jacob, he met God, and from that point on, that's where he committed the tithe to God. He said, God, if you clothe me, if you feed me, if you bring me back safely, I'll give you a tithe of all. Genesis 28, you read it. He committed the tithe to God, and guess what? It was that commitment that caused him to overcome when he was dealing with Laban for 20 years. Right? Would you stay working in a place for 20 years where they kept lowering your wages? Let's take a poll. How many people in Palmyra? We, we did a sample in Palmyra. We took a sample set. And, and our poll indicated that no one would stay working for a, a company or a person if you kept changing your wages for 20 years. But see, was Jacob's trust in Laban or was it in God? He trusted God. And who, who came out in the end? Jacob came out in the end. His trust in God overcame the challenges that he experienced in life. Amen? How about Daniel? Was Daniel diligent? Okay, Daniel, we're going to recruit. You've been recruited for the king's court. You're going
2: to learn all
0: the ways of the Chaldeans. You're going to learn our sciences. You're going to learn our arts. You're going to learn our language. And. In this training program, we're going to provide you with the food that comes from the king's table. No, no, no. I'm not going to eat the king's food. What do you mean, Daniel? This is the king's food. Yeah, I know, but I, I, I listen to a different king. I guarantee it. It takes diligence to maintain your convictions. Daniel 1, he refused to eat the king's dainties That means donuts. I don't
3: know. It's a danger. Instead, he ate
0: vegetables and water. Now, Daniel's handler was a little nervous. He's like, everybody else is eating the king's food. You, you know, Daniel said, look, test us for 10 days. You've you got to be confident in what you do. Amen? amen? So, they they did this for 10 days. He was diligent. He didn't... Uh, why, why didn't he eat the king's food? Because it was probably... Given to idols. There was a reason why he didn't do it, but hey, it worked for him, amen? And after 10 days, the king examined them. Daniel, Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I've never seen such wise. The Bible said they were 10 times wiser. You know, they obeyed God for 10 days and they were 10 times wiser than everybody else. Imagine if we just. Spend ten days obeying God. How much better we will be. That's what they did. Right? He was diligent. How about Peter? Was Peter diligent in Luke 5? Jesus was preaching on the shore. I like Jesus. He had a beach ministry. (laughs) If you like the beach, Jesus is for you. Jesus had a beach ministry. Right? And he was... And this crowd came up to him they were just pressing in and so he gets into a boat and he has it happens to be Peter's boat and it's he says push it out a little bit give me some room and he sat down Jesus was an innovative preacher he sat and preached mm-hmm. who says we have to stand up this whole time amen and uh, he preached and anything that you give to God what's going to happen What's going to happen with anything you give to God? It's going to be more. Yeah. It's going to increase. It's going to multiply. Alright? Anything. Time, talent, treasure. Whatever you give for God and honor to God out of love for God. It's going to multiply. Yeah. Back to you. Yeah. Good measure. pressed down, shaking together, running over. Mm-hmm. So? Now Peter had fished all night. Taking the net. Casting the net. Pulling the net in, taking the net, casting the net, pulling it all in, taking the net, casting the net, pulling it all in. See, that's some work. That's some work. When I was in Guyana with Fiona's father when he was here, we went to the part of Guyana called Verbese, and they have more sandy beaches there. And uh, when the tide goes out, they leave these pools of water, like where a ship had sunk in, and there were these little. And he, he said, I've got to cast a net. I know what it's like to cast a net. I had a hard time. And I've been it like three or four times. I'm like, could you give me a pole and let me fish that way, Right? It's a lot of work casting that net. And he worked all night. Now we get tired when we work, don't we? When we're done with our work, we don't want more work. Amen? There were times when I worked in a restaurant I did not feel like cooking when I got home. I wanted someone to cook for me. Amen. I worked in a restaurant I know what it's like anyway I, I painted houses and when I was done painting a house I didn't want to come and paint my house Amen. anyway aside from that so Peter he has an opportunity okay Peter thank you so much for using let me use your boat now cast your nets into the deep for a catch Jesus didn't say Go ahead and try it. He said, do it. So Peter's faced with an opportunity. Is he going to let the weariness of his flesh speak louder than his obedience to the word? He's like, first reaction, man, I told him, I don't feel like doing this. My, 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 my words. But he overcame the feelings of his flesh. And he said, I'm going to be diligent. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll cast one more time. Now, Jesus said that. He said that. All right? One little letter could have made a big difference. Anyway, what happened? Now, they fished that same spot, how long? All night. Not one fish. And in one moment... In response to the word, see Peter had to be a diligent listener and a diligent doer of what God said. And they, he brought in how much fish did almost two boatloads? I'm going to say two boatloads. In, one, in that one catch, he almost sank two boats, and those boats could hold a ton, a ton, a fish, two tons. That's 4,000 pounds, isn't it? Right, is two thousand pounds, thank you. They shall correct on that. 4,000 pounds of fish came because he made the decision to be diligent and he didn't just let his flesh dictate and rule what he did. He didn't let his flesh respond. Amen. Aren't you glad he responded that way? Imagine what would happen to us if we respond in obedience to God. Amen. So, diligence will make you prosper. Amen? Mm -hmm. It did for all kinds of examples in the Bible, and uh, I think I've reached the finishing point. Amen? Did you learn something today about diligence?
1: Is it going to make a change in how you
0: do things from this point on? You know? Is it going to change the way you you worship and serve God? Uh, If you be diligent, it will certainly change the results that you get. Amen? And uh, so, this is an opportunity for us to come higher. You know, this is a stepping stone today. So why don't you stand up? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your holy written word and your spoken word. Father, our ears are in tune with what you are saying to me today. In the name of Jesus. Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me if I have ever been not as diligent as I should be. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and cleansing me from all unrighteousness. Because today I'm turning the corner. I commit to you to be a diligent doer, a diligent listener of your word. Your word has the greatest
1: priority
0: in my life. I will live by your word. I will I'm going
1: to increase I'm going to multiply I'm going to subdue I'm going to take dominion
0: Some more next week. I don't know how long the Lord leaves. It's been a different season. Normally, I've been preaching serially, but I'm just, the Lord has been leading us to what He needs. What we need at this time, and in this moment. Amen. Say, so, Father, thank you for prospering me.
1: in every way